Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached. When I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom, I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 303, the 2021 Turkey Hunting Planning Episode. And I am your co-host and the guy who is currently recording and operating under some unique circumstances. And I am your co-host and the guy who found out he's in the top five today. Sweet. Top five for what? The NWTF Recipe Contest. No way. Yeah, I actually made it. (laughs) Awesome, man. Yeah, pretty so pumped, what's, Marty. What's the process from here? Well, they are going to cook the top five recipes and judge them based on taste. So, Which one of your two recipes made it? The wild turkey biryani. Gotcha. I think they're a little more... Well, there were only two turkey recipes in the top five. There was a goose, trout, pheasant, and two turkeys. So I feel hmm. like I'm only in competition against one other guy because they're bound to be biased to turkeys. Well, you would think so, and I've got 
I've got a question now. Is it really fair to throw in a pheasant recipe or a trout recipe into that contest? Because you could cook pheasant or trout on a bed of baby poop, and both of those would be good. It's pretty accurate, I would say. Uh, Trout especially, pheasant, you could dry it out, I suppose, would be about the only thing you grew up on there. I don't know how you could... You know, unless you literally burnt it, I don't know how you can make a trout taste bad, to be completely honest. So we'll see how it goes. I think, you know, hey, I'm top five at least, so that was pretty cool. I didn't know if I'd get there. And uh, now I'm looking at these pellet grills, you know, because I'm planning on winning. So that's right. I'm going to use it for last. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, so the biryani recipe, I, I submitted the biryani and a blueberry sous vide duck recipe, and they chose the wild turkey biryani. So. I think they chose wisely myself because duck is tough. That's a tough one to get right. So I, yeah. think, I think they'll be pleasantly surprised and pleased with how it turns out if, if whoever their chef is knows what he's doing. Ooh. Ah, somebody's feeling cocky. I'm just, I mean, if they say it's not good, I'm going to have to come make it myself because it's really dang good. <laughs> And it, next year, I'm going to volunteer to be on the tasting team. Yeah, I'd be in on that. I think I think it's going to be cool. It's uh, five recipes left, so I know I'm in the top five, so I'll at least get something from them because first through fifth place get a prize. So I'll get, at worst, a knife set, a light, and an NWTF package. So Cool. Man, that's awesome. Case. Congratulations. Yeah, so tell me about your interesting circumstances that has you talking to me on your phone. Jeez. So my very lovely and very sweet bride has been after me since she moved into my house about 10 years ago to do some updating and do some work to it. Now, listen, she is, when it comes to me, and certain things, she's extremely patient. So it's not like she's been riding my rear end about it for, you know, 10 years. But she's been wanting to do some things to the house to kind of make it hers because, you know, she moved into my house. So she wants to put her touch on it. So I, I totally get that. So I decided that we were going to do some updates because they're sorely needed. And now I don't mean like, you know, 1950s sorely needed, but not much has been done to the house since about 98, 2000, something like that. So we are doing some things to the house. One of the things that we actually have just had done is we had hardwoods installed on our entire main level of the house. And well, I say the entire main level of the house they were already installed in our dining room, hallway, and half bath. And now we've got hardwoods in the living room, sunroom, kitchen, dining room, hallway, and half bath. The existing hardwoods were sanded and restained so everything would match. And my flooring installer is someone I know, and I'm not going to talk bad about him because, well, they showed up every single day that they said they were going to show up. The job is actually done early, which (laughs) is, and I'm very cautious about complaining about this. That's my complaint, but I'm going to continue on. And 
the last time I saw what they had done, which was about two o'clock today, the work is extremely good. So the original plan was for them to come this past Thursday and Friday to do a demo on Thursday and an install on Friday. Then they were going to come back the following Thursday and Friday, which would be Thursday and Friday of this week, and they're going to sand and then stain, which would have meant Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and probably Sunday night we were going to need to be out of the house. My wife, Cameron, you already know this, but you guys listening do not. My wife has the nose of a bird dog. I would put her up against any spaniel and any lab out there. She would make a great drug-sniffing person hired by the DEA to work the airports. I don't know that she can sniff a bomb, but she'd probably do some do some drugs. Well, not do some drugs, but sniff out some drugs. <laughs> uh, I'm the one that doesn't. Well, never mind. We won't get into that. So anyway, that was our plan, and we had made plans with work accordingly. We'd made plans for our personal lives accordingly to do that. So the guys come to do the tear out Thursday, and instead of demoing Thursday and installing on Friday, they ended up because there were three layers of vinyl and one and and a tile floor on top of all of that. They ended up demoing Thursday and Friday of last week. They came back Monday and did the install, and Tuesday, today, they stained, sanded and stained. And so... The floors are done early. They're done three days early. But early for me to be out of my house when I've made plans to do otherwise is a huge inconvenience because, you know, I've got podcasts to do. I've got work to do. It just it's a big inconvenience. And so I am sitting in my basement as we speak on the telephone because my microphone is upstairs that I record with. My wife has my headphones that I use for backup. So that would put me using the microphone in my computer, which is awful. Mm -hmm. And I am sitting in my basement surrounded by 50% of the furniture that was on the main level of my house, of which none of it I can sit on because it's got stuff piled on top of it. So I'm sitting here in a camp chair in the center of my garage on the telephone talking and we're doing a podcast and we're going to rock and roll with it and not complain because I'm excited about these floors being finished and excited about getting back into my house. Maybe Friday. Yeah. Are y'all using African black wood for the flooring? We we went with the most expensive wood that you could use. That's African black wood. So nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we did. And I, I had to leave me some pieces so I can make some turkey calls out of it. There you go. There you go. No, actually, it's just it's oak to match what we had, which was oak. Yeah. And yeah, it's it looks good. They've nice. If we're wondering, the color we chose is called coffee brown for our finish. So you can go online and look up coffee brown. And now you'll know what our hardwood floors look like. There you go. Getting, getting personal with the listeners. I like it. That's right. That's right. So next we have countertops and then we have cabinets being painted and the entire downstairs being painted. And from there, oh yeah, and we're doing redoing the half bath on the main level as well. So that's, that's going to take care of things for a while. And then I'm sure in about two months we'll find the house, the dream house 
You remember? Because last week I told you we were looking at houses. And yeah, gonna so have you get all renovated. Yeah. Once we get it all finished, we'll find the perfect house and we'll put this one on the market. But at least it'll be updated and ready to go. Nice. So that, well, that was our So I hope everything we goes well to finish out with that. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. How long we got till these plans we're about to discuss come to fruition? Yeah. So they start for me in about 212 days. 12 hours, 26 minutes, and 40 seconds. How about for you? For me, it's going to be 226 days, 12 hours, 12 minutes, and 16 seconds. How about that? And that's when things go down in the great state of Tennessee. But I'll probably be cranking up before that somewhere, somehow. Well, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, because I think that, well... You know, we we do, and you mentioned this just a minute ago, we do talk a lot about personal stuff. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, the people listening to this show get to know us. That's part of the show. And that's one of the reasons why they listen. And, you know, they they take interest in what we're doing. They want to see us be successful, just like we want them to be successful, which is why we even do the show. And so I want to talk about where we are in the planning stages of our hunt or hunts for 2021 and what we're planning on. Well, everybody knows what we're planning on doing, where we're planning on going to do these hunts. (laughs) Uh And just kind of our, our process, what's going on with the planning? Where are we you know, in yeah. this stage? How far out are we from having our plans complete and so on and so forth? So mm-hmm. let's do this chronologically because you mentioned to me that you're going to start somewhere oh, yeah. before Tennessee opens. Yeah. So chronologically, where would that be? The year starts in January, and I know for a fact that there are some states that have late winter turkey seasons. Yes. Well, both of our stories I'm hoping start in January because we're kind of been throwing the idea out there of yourself and I going to Nebraska and trying our hand at a winter gobbler flock. Mm-hmm. So that would be sometime mid-January. January, I think we were looking at more late season they should be in gigantic winter flocks at that point. So we've been pondering that idea, and we're hoping to maybe get out there for a three-day hunt roundabout, maybe four, who knows. But it's looking most likely like it'll be three. And see if we can't figure out how to put down a, a winter gobbler. That would be a first for me. I think it's a first for you too, isn't it? It will be, yeah. yeah. So that's where we're hoping to start 2021. And so, I mean, so far we haven't done a ton of research on it other than kind of getting our dates together. I know we're looking at, what is it, Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, mm-hmm. right, in yep. January? Because the markets are closed, so I'm off work on that Monday, and so we might skedaddle out to Nebraska. And I have one spot that I went to and turkey hunted in the spring, and there was quite a bit of turkeys on it. There were a lot of hunters, too, but it had a lot of good agricultural fields around it and it makes me think that might be a good spot to start late winter because i'm assuming most of their food's coming from cut corn about that time yeah 
So, is there a water source in that area other than, of course, snow? Yeah, yeah, there were creeks and you know all kind of little ponds and stuff. So we'd have plenty of water if it's not frozen, and hopefully plenty of food. You know, out out west, the winter roosts can be pretty annual. I'd say. I mean, I feel like they use them probably every year almost, mm-hmm. and they're going to be where the food is. So I think it's going to be, if we do pull this trip off, which I'm really hoping we do, I think my opinion is that we're either going to find them and be in them big time. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're going to really struggle to find them because it's probably going to be 100 turkeys, you know, that usually might be spread out over the whole landscape are all going to be in this one block of woods kind of thing. If we right. find them, we're going to be in them. That's what I think from what I've researched so far on winter turkey hunting. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's an episode that I did with Rob Keck that was really, really fascinating to me because I'd never, up until the point I'd spoken with him, I'd never heard of anybody doing any any late winter turkey hunting. And, you know, when I met him and first approached him about doing a podcast, he, he said, yes, absolutely, I'd love to. And I said, well, you know, I'll send you over some topic ideas and we'll talk about it and, and see what, you know, you pick one and we'll go with it. And I'll send over some questions to you. And he said, no, I know exactly what I want to talk about. I said, okay, <laughs> what is that? And he said, late winter turkey hunting. So, that episode is one of my favorites because it really piqued my interest. It was something that I've been wanting to do. But listen, the thought of going to Nebraska or Kansas late. Kansas winter, no longer has it. So. Oh, they ended theirs, huh? Yeah, I believe their season closes in November now. I wouldn't be shocked if Nebraska doesn't end theirs before too long. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, just thought but, I'd point that out. Yeah. But I thought, you know, going there in the dead of winter, late January, mid-January, it's just not a place that I really want to hang out. But if I'm going to do this, then I've got to do it, you know, and and maybe the weather won't be so cold. You know, when Rob, when I did the interview with Rob, he had just gotten back and he said that it was 70 degrees every day he was there. Not what you expect. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not expecting 70 degrees. I'm expecting 70 below with the wind blowing 50 miles an hour. Yeah. The the older you get, man, the colder you get more easily. So you better go now. Well, maybe that'll be true because I can sweat in 72 degree air conditioned house very easily right now. So, you know, as I get older, I will probably welcome that. But no, I'm I'm looking forward to that. And and so this is an area that you picked out because you'd hunted there and there are you'd hunted there in the spring. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of turkeys on it and it's got agriculture around it. So that's really what drew your eye to it. You haven't gotten any I haven't caught any biologists. I've talked to no one out there. I mean one thing I'm thinking about doing is calling the biologists and asking, you know, any any farmers calling you with nuisance turkeys? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, right before we go, and because I've heard of that happening in Nebraska, where you know, if a whole if 200 turkeys descend on your little 40 acre patch, that's not going to be good for your farm. Exactly. So I will yeah. be there to help the poor farmer out. I, I'll help him in any way that I can. Yeah. 
remove those pesky gobblers from his land. So that's one thought I had, and we'll see. Um, there's a lot of planning left to do on that front. That's going to be an experience, a learning experience, I think, for both of us, because it's going to be big, big, big flocks of gobblers, I assume. Yeah. And You've actually be done this before. You went to Kansas, what was that, about three years ago? Yeah. Uh, you had no luck. We went... And we weren't real serious about it. We tried to just drive around and spot a flock kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And after doing that for about a day and not spotting them, we brought some bird dogs with us and we dropped them out of the truck and started quail hunting. And we started finding birds. So we stuck to bird hunting for three days rather than looking for turkeys. I got you. Okay. So it wasn't real serious, but the first day we did drive around looking for them, we saw one pretty good sized flock on a private land farm. But that's the hard thing, man. It's just. You know, in the spring, there might be a gobbler here, a gobbler there, another one a half mile down the creek, another one up the road this way. Winter and fall, they're all probably in one spot. (laughs) Right. Or at least, you know, there might be two flocks for that whole 10-mile area or something. You never know. I I mean, I don't know how dispersed they are, but I know that they get together on a food source and hit it. Right. So it's going to be interesting. I think that's going to be... Um, I think it'd be fun regardless. And, you know, worst case, we'll just camp in negative 30 degree weather and freeze to death. Yeah, I can tell you someone who's not going to do that. <laughs> you know, I thought we'd sleep in hammocks out, out with them. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds like an excellent plan. You just be sure that I drop a pin where you're sleeping in your hammock so, you can so that I can me. find you the next morning when I come back in there because yeah. I will be warm and cozy sleeping in the hotel room. Yeah, the Motel 6. I got gotcha. you. Well, anyway, so, we're gonna be, uh, we'll, we'll kind of keep you tuned in, listeners, as to what our plans, how they go with that, and hopefully about end of january we'll have a live hunt episode to show mm-hmm. and hopefully a couple gobblers on the ground or the snow yeah so next for you is next for, for me you. spring my march which is when it would crank up is not fully planned yet so i might go to florida we'll see about that if i do go it will be for a weekend either opening weekend or the second weekend would you go back to the southern area, or which is the early, early season? Or yeah, what? yeah. if I'm going to Florida, I'm going just so I can hunt early. <laughs> okay. So it'll be either weekend one or weekend two of the southern zone, and it'll just be for a weekend because I'm, I'm not going to use any vacation days to kill in a state that I've already killed in. That's kind of a rule I have right now till I finish the super slam thing out. Gotcha. So, That's a long way to go for a one day hunt. Two days. It'll be a weekend. Two mornings. Two more. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a two bird limit down there. Right. I mean, I, yeah. I thought I was being generous with the second day. Well, <laughs> I'm not judging you. Oh, man. Uh, if, that's what I'm saying. Florida's really up in the air right now. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Mississippi's kind of screwing me this year because their season starts on a Monday, I believe. I haven't seen the official dates, but it almost always starts on the 15th, unless it's a Sunday, and then it'll start on the 14th. But I believe it's supposed to start on Monday the 15th next year. Yeah. And so that takes us to March 
20th, which is, is that the opening day of Alabama? It is the opening day of Alabama season. So that's when you're going to crank up and you will be in Alabama for opening day, I assume. I will be in Alabama for opening day and I am possibly going to start a little early in Mississippi. It just really kind of depends on work because if Mississippi opens on Monday, then that means I've got to be off work. Well, and I'm never really off work, but that means I'll be quote unquote off work for two or three days starting the season out in a state that I've already killed in, spending money for a license in a state that I've already killed in. And that goes against what I'm trying to accomplish and what I've been doing for the past several years. However, I got a turkey hunt, man. I can't stand it. Yeah, I know. I, I want as many days as I can get. It's the deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So mm. Those extra uh, days, I, man, it'll, it'll have you sharpened and ready for opening day in Alabama, you know? That's right. That's right. That way I can spook two or three instead of four or five the first morning. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of rolling around in my head and I've got some spots that I could possibly go where I really wouldn't have to do a whole lot of scouting, but it's, it is something I'm toying with is the way I'll put it. But yes, Alabama will start on the 20th and then I'll be hunting in Alabama pretty much the entire season. I, at this point, I don't have plans on going anywhere other than possibly Mississippi. I don't have plans on going anywhere until my big trip, which is this coming year is going to be the end of April. Yeah. Well, really the third week in April. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'll be hunting Alabama until then. You know, I just keep doing this and keep looking at it. And Alabama's the home state. You know, there's always something special about killing a turkey in Alabama. However, it does not fit the goal. And so, I would not be shocked if I don't end up in Louisiana or possibly Arkansas, just depending on the timing of mm-hmm. my big trip out of state and their the opening of their season. I know Arkansas has already set the opening of their season. I just not have I have not taken the time to sit down and compare start date in Arkansas, start date in Louisiana versus my trip out of state, big trip out of state. Yeah. No, that's that's kind of where I am then. But what about you? So we talked about before Tennessee opens. So Tennessee opens up. April 3rd is Tennessee's opener. So March 20th and 21st weekend, Alabama will be open. Georgia will open and Mississippi will open, will be open. So I could go to any of those three except for Alabama because ha. I'm not going back there. So that narrows it down to Georgia or Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. And so on that weekend, I'm either going to go to Georgia or Mississippi. I've had, I've enjoyed my time in both those states. I've had really fun hunts in both. I'm almost leaning towards Mississippi because I've killed two birds in Georgia and I've only killed one in Mississippi and I wouldn't mind going ahead and getting a second one to go get my... All right, that is all that we've got for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of this week's episode, then you can do one of two things. The first way is the most bestest way. 
because you're going to get not only the rest of this week's episode, but you're going to get all of the premium content for all of our past episodes and the premium content for the next 52 weeks as well. And the way you do that is you text the word turkey hunter. Now, I know if you're looking in the dictionary and you're trying to figure out how to spell turkey hunter, you're saying that's not one word. You're right. It's two words, but make it one word, no spaces. Text it to the number 44222. After you do that, I'm going to send you a series of instructions that you'll need to follow. And eventually, I'm going to email you a link that you can click on where you can create your username and password for the Podbean application. And Pay the $18 per year subscription to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. I've already told you all of the good stuff that that $18 investment is going to get you. And I'm going to tell you now that it is well worth the expense, the small expense. So that's how you can get the rest of this week's episode and much, much more Cameron, if they just want to get this week's episode, how can they go about that? If you're wanting to hear our full plans for the 2021 turkey season, and hey, maybe pick up a couple tips on how to plan your own trips, you are going to want to go to the turkeyhunterpodcast.com and look for episode 303PS. That stands for premium single. It'll give you the option to buy that episode for 99 cents and you'll have the premium content for that one episode. So you can hear this entire episode and choose whether or not you liked it. And if you did, then you can do what Andy said and subscribe. We'd love to have you. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.